In the starting line song, Best of Me, Kenny Vasoli sings, We got older, but we're still young. We never grew out of this feeling that we won't give up. And that sums up entirely the 23-year-old musician's career at this point. After eight years together, two record contracts, four major labels, 700,000 records sold, two EPs, three LPs, and 1,500 shows, one of the scene's most influential bands, The Starting Line, earlier this year, quote, phased out for the time being, as they described it. Now, on no label but his own, Kenny Vasoli, or Kenneth Vasoli, as he's begun to refer to himself, is just trying to figure it all out, not only for himself personally, but also for his career, as the music industry takes everything he has learned from when he since first picked up a guitar at the age of 14 and throws it all out the window. What's more, he suddenly found that he's grown from being a pop-punk superstar with Starting Line into quickly being seen as a musician's musician with his new project, Person L, an admittedly more mature and percussively rougher sounding band that he admits is a bit of an homage to his favorite band of all time, Radiohead. Fellow musicians who've known Kenny for years are flipping over his new band, quickly heralding it as the birth of something big, a new sound, or a new direction with his talents, a new beginning. As he describes it, it's his way to get some of his demons out. We began our conversation talking about, what else, Radiohead. This is Mike Shea. As I recall thee, I didn't mention this at all. My heart was racing like a sprinter. The trips and fell. In love with a girl just for tonight and that's all. I've got big, big plans and they've got to mean something more than just once. But I just don't know what it was. Um, you're really influenced by Radiohead. Totally. See, I yeah. mean, I just thought you were just like, you know, personnel, and then the whole thing, as you said about, you know, Kid A, and yeah. you were kind of like, so it's an homage, but you really are, I mean, more than oh, yeah. I thought. Yeah, I'm a, a, a diehard, you know, bleeding fan. Did you see them uh, on this current incarnation uh, tour that they're doing? Every time they come, I have to, I have to leave. It's just, <laughs> it's the way it is, and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of miraculous, because it's my favorite band, and I, and it's like... The forbidden fruit that I never get to taste is, you know, I, I watch so many bootleg DVDs of them. You've never it's, seen them live? Never. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, there's a video diary right there, the, the, the time you get to finally see them. Oh, man. You better have somebody with video camera. Oh, yeah. You're going you're gonna to be, like, dead halfway I'm through gonna, <laughs> you're from a heart attack. Oh, you're going to see tears streaming down my face <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, Radiohead song? You know, it, it, it might be, um, you know, kind of trite because it's one of the singles, but There There is okay. probably, like, the most influential song, like, on my music these days just because mm -hmm. it's just just something about that that groove that that it has with that bass you know that walking bass line the whole time mm -hmm. or, or with a guitar line that doesn't have a whole lot to do with the bass line like uh, and the message in that song I feel like is just um, you know just really relevant to, to my life so you know I'm kind of wondering because I was talking to Randy your manager uh, about and this and I did not know this originally that this record is gonna be released totally digital or is it primarily no, digital? It's primarily digital. Primarily um, digital. We, we sell it. Um, we actually uh, um, sold, I think, 900 units to Hot Topic. That's right. Yeah. It was so, very small. It yeah. wasn't a lot. But you're not doing like tons to Best Buy, like thousands or something. No, like, no. You're not doing the traditional way. So no. did the Radiohead model that what they did with 
with uh, in rainbows did that like kind of influence you absolutely really yeah oh i think you know that's the kind of thing that the music industry needs to be doing yeah i mean like everybody's freaking out because they're like everybody's downloading everybody's downloading it's like well everybody's downloading you know figure it out just you know there's a way to still stay afloat when people are downloading it's just you know it's like when cds came in and you know whatever it's just the it's the evolution of music and you just got you got to learn to keep up does it but it did did does it kind of you know, I was thinking about, like, uh, it says everything I've read about with Starting Line, at least, was that, uh, uh, was that it started officially in 99. It was like, bang, that was, the, is that true? It was, I mean, because you were in band since 14, 13. Yeah. But 99 was officially the year that Starting Line actually was like, bang, this is Starting Line. Well, we were called Sun- Sunday Drive first, right. but we, it was all the same members. Okay, yeah. right. So that would take it back, what, another two years, a year? Um, what to change the name? You yeah, mean? well, I mean, prior to that, with uh, with the previous band name. Um, well, no, it, the Stunny Drive started. Oh, in ninety nine. Yeah. Right, okay, all right, all right, okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, what, look, looking from that time period to now, is it kind of bummed you out a little bit the way things have kind of changed? Because like, um, I wouldn't say bummed out. Um, it's it's gotten really congested. I think okay. just because. E- it's it's so easy to start a band now. I feel like you know it's um, it really only takes a MySpace page, when before you really had to network and know people that promoted shows and stuff like that. But it seems like that if you know, now if you can you know um, get a, a play generator on MySpace, then then you'll get yourself signed. You know it's just kind of it's kind of crazy. But um, I wouldn't say bummed out, but I I'd say lost a little bit of. I don't want to say faith, but you know, a, a, a little bit of respect for the for the scene, I guess, just huh. because there's so much, so much copycatting going on that it's just kind of like you know, it used to be a, punk rock used to be about doing something that's outside of the bots and, and rebelling against something. So it just seems like it's kind of the antithesis of that a lot of the time. Before I forget, because I don't want to. Um, be a fool because I know I'm going to get letters from Starlyland fans saying why didn't you know that band name was in 99 um, <laughs> um, uh, should I refer to you as Kenneth or Kenny uh, it, it doesn't matter you can stymie yeah <laughs> anything yeah because <laughs> uh, I because I, I, it wasn't that like, I think that's what I was being told was like you're trying to go by Kenneth I, I do I, I prefer Kenneth yeah really uh, okay yeah I mean it's just uh and it's kind of you know nobody really calls anybody Kenneth that that has that name, but I, I it's always been you know my favorite derivative. <laughs> you know, I was just reading in Time Magazine that the, you know what's coming back at the, the turn of the 20th century. They had those calling cards. Yeah, that people used to have, you know the aristocracy used to hang out to people with their just their name, and that was it. And that's like coming back now, where people are starting to do that again. Oh uh, yeah, full names. Yeah, so yeah. You'd be all set. Your name, you're, you're all set. It'll yeah. look great on a calling card. Yeah, <laughs> I, I gotta get them printed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get on it, man. <laughs> totally get on it. So, so all right. So things have definitely changed, and it's and it's made it a lot easier. And and you hear that a lot from I'm sure when you're out on the road with other bands and stuff like that. And everybody's talking about the same thing. Everybody's, complain about there's too many there's too many it's too full it's too full you know yeah. it's like how do you get your voice out above that din that roar of all these bands um you've kind of thought about that like figured it's, it out a little bit what i mean the the kind of attitude i have or, or or at least i've had with um you know the time I've, I've, I've spent with personnel has just been kind of just forgetting everything i know about what i did and just doing what feels right and what's going to make me satisfied, you know, producing. Um, so 
I think I just totally lost my train of thought. It's, <laughs> it's just okay. The, the, the train know, just hit a, it's, hit it's, a wall it's, it's, there. It's, you're basically, we were, we're just basically, you know, just talking about, um, you know, the, that uh, you're just, you're trying to reinvent something new. You're trying a whole new perspective on things. Exactly. You know, I, I think um, I've stopped worrying. I've completely stopped worrying about what people will think. And, okay. uh, and I'm really just, um, just wanting to create music that, uh, that I really know I'll be proud of. So that that's where I'm at right now, and and I think that if um, if if any band does that and they and you know puts out something whether it's good or bad, but really is uh, you know something unique and something that um, that's taking a chance, mm-hmm. I think it, it's at least commendable. Do you um, uh, I'm kind of wondering if uh, like one of the things that's always um, kind of made me curious is um, the when a band start, when a when a musician that's in a band um, comes out with a brand new record and starts going to the press and doing all the interviews with, with television and stuff, and like, yes, this is a great record, and yes, we're, this is, we're doing great, and we're happy, we're happy, but behind the scenes, they're not. Yeah, and there's that divergence. So, was with this last record that you did on Virgin, uh, and that was last summer. Yes. 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 Um, were you already at that? I mean, you would start at personnel's the G to the MySpace thing and end of the year two thousand six. So you were already yeah. kind of moving, but it's like, did you already know by summer last year it was like this isn't, you know, we're gonna probably have to put starting line on a on a hold, a hiatus for a while because you kind of knew that you had to go do this now. Um, you were kind of spent. It it, it 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 sort of built up to that. Okay. I think um, you know I I didn't make the decision when I started doing personnel stuff that I wanted to. Stop doing starting line. You know, I, I, at first I thought I could juggle it, and uh, you know, oh, I, so that was I, your plan to juggle. Both. Yeah, oh yeah, and, okay. and uh, and I, I and actually really liked it too because you know I could still write pop songs and write okay. you know what starting line fans want and and give them something something that that you know that that they like you know um, and not try to f- force any influences into the starting line that didn't belong mm-hmm. there and. Um, you know, and then I could do everything, all my weird shit with with personnel. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, it, I, I'm not really sure exactly where where it turned to uh, to going on hiatus. I think you know, um, just differences in, in attitudes uh, with the people on the starting line is just it was probably the the biggest thing. Um, you know, I, two of the guys went off and they did the '76. Was right? Yeah, Matt and Tom did. Yeah. Matt Matt is no longer with the '76. Okay. But, uh, okay. I think he's still helping manage them, but Tom okay. Tom's still doing that, and he's and he's really enjoying it, and uh-huh. uh, and it and it seems like a like a really good fit for him. So. Um, and Mike wanted to spend time with his family. Yeah, he's he's two uh, daughters, I guess. Yeah, he's settling down. He's got okay. a, a steady job and um, spending a lot more time with his kids. And I, I actually saw him about a week ago, and he huh. seemed really happy. Huh. Is he kind of? I mean, is he is you kind of concerned a little bit that maybe too far down the road, like from that from because the last gig for Starting Line was Bamboozled this past year in May. Yeah. And are you concerned like a little bit? You're a little fear in the back of your head, like wow, if we let this go a year without even talking about it, like it could be more than hiatus. Um, it's not so much a fear. Like people get comfortable in their new things that they're doing and kind of like. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it's it's it is kind of an up in the air thing, and and there's no you know like 100 percent assurance that we're gonna be right. coming back to it. But you know I I truly believe um, that you know all of us you know have uh, 
a, a real deep attachment to the band that we can't just let go, you know, just like that. Sure. And um, and I, I still do definitely, you know. And and it's not to say that I'm I'm not sick of playing some of those songs because you know I'll be honest and and I am because I've you know I've been playing them since I was 18, 19 years old. Um, but you know those fans are are just they're a huge part of my life and uh, and I know you know our music means a lot to a lot of people. So um, you know I definitely want to get back out there and do it again eventually. But it's uh, it's the just a time right now where I got to kind of get my demons out. You know, it, it, plus then you can make all that money on the reunion tour. Yeah, exactly. That's what you're doing. You're just setting yourself up for like you, seven reunion tours. You caught me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, $15,000 guarantees, everything. Um, uh, so so I guess like, was it something that, um, and the reason why I keep, I'm asking, trying to get a little more detail about the Hydus thing, because... I think that's something that you don't really hear a lot about. But like most bands don't want to talk about it. They're just like, yeah, yeah. this is where we're fine. But like, boom, period, end of sentence, next story. And I think that there's psychologically, there's something about a band where they kind of like, they've done it, they've been together, and then they just kind of like, eh, you yeah. know, or something else kind of, because you start getting into James Brown stuff yeah. and wanting to, and learning how to write simple songs yeah, and trying to make them really powerful with that last record with Geffen, the yeah. one before, and um, uh, based on a true story. And, uh, uh, and, so it's kind of like, do you think kind of was like a, a series of things that happened, boom, 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 from that moment? I think uh, once, you know, once I started getting older and exploring different uh, avenues of in, of influences and, and starting started to get more into, you know, uh, music from the past, like James Brown and, and Bob Dylan and, mm -hmm. and the band and stuff like that, like I really, um, I started getting heavy into it and I started just ex exploring everything. I started exploring jazz and uh you know, electronic music and, um, you know, noise rock, you know, post-hardcore, all that kind of stuff. And it, and I found myself very rarely listening to the kind of music that Starting Line, you know, was 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 resembling. Mm -hmm. So, th you know, there kind of, uh, you know, became an, a detachment with, you know, with the scene, I feel like. You know, I, okay. I just, I didn't know... I really j just kind of didn't know how to write like that anymore, and I tried, you know, at first, on, especially on based on a true story, I tried, um, you know, introducing some influences into it, and for the most part, I got some resistance from the from the band, and um, and you know, then I started writing writing songs on the side, but I think that that was probably where I first started drifting off from the band, um, just by listening to to so much different stuff that I just had a, a hunger for for something outside of what we were doing. Did you kind of ever get to a point where you were actually before you walked on a stage you would sigh? No, so no, you never no. kind of got to that chore kind of. No, that was the one, the, always the saving grace really? of, of being in the starting line was playing the shows. Um, even playing the best of me, like I st always enjoyed playing the song, even though I would never, you know, choose to listen to the song. And if someone put it on, I would definitely sigh. Kind of like actors who never watch their movies on TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'm sure they enjoyed making them, but you know, right. they, they, they were, you know. They don't have it on DVD, probably. You know? <laughs> the other thing with personnel that you really did initially, at least, because I think you've kind of come around now and said, you know what, a structure is a better way. With but with personnel, you tried to like have like a revolving door of musicians, and it really wasn't supposed to have like a concrete formation to it. You were really trying to be, yeah, orthodox. Yeah, I mean, I I I uh, initially had the idea to have it to be a sort of broken social scene kind of okay. thing where I just. You know, had tons of people come in, like all my friends come in and play, whatever. And then when it actually came to like trying to get people 
to come in, you know, this person, you know, wouldn't call me back or this person was on tour and, you know. Well, they I, suck. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, I don't, you know, and then I would leave when they come home and stuff like that. And then, But, you know, I found uh, a group of, of amazing musicians that I, I just kind of said, you know, well, I don't really need anybody else right now. I mean, I had Casey from Hot Rod Circuit play mm-hmm. the pedal steel, which which was great. Um, but pretty much everything else, like percussive stuff and, and, um, and guitar works, you know, we all kind of had it covered. So, you know, I've kind of, um, I wouldn't say totally abandoned the, the revolving door kind of thing, um, but I would, I definitely want to keep these guys around as long as I can and just bring in people that, you know, are, are specialists in, in uh, you know, the, the you know, uh, extra kind of instru- instrumentation. Right. Was there anything about when you were started to sit down and, re- and record, and this record was recorded, was it recorded in your home? Yeah, everything okay. except for the drums. Okay, so when you were sitting down and you actually could start playing with this thing, were there instruments or song structures that you were just dying to get your hands on? Like, like finally, after all these years, you know, like I can uh, play with... Yeah, actually, I I bought a vibraphone for just uh, all right, just so I you know just for the record. And there's a, there's this band called Jaga Jazzist that's uh, mm-hmm. sort of half jazz and half electronic. That uh, I think they they use like two or three vibraphones, and I just like, oh man, I just like, out. Yeah, I totally was just like, <laughs> I was just, I gotta have one, and I, I bought one, and we played a couple shows with one too. It, like you know, I just um, I needed vibraphone, and and uh, I don't think I could ever fit a vibraphone on a on a starting line record <laughs> <laughs> you know it, well it could it could be the uh, it could be a uh you know a, the next record maybe down the road maybe you guys change your whole sound completely over maybe just totally vibraphone just to be, <laughs> it's just all vibraphone. <laughs> just do it yeah just do a, just do a, a whole record of starting line songs on a transcribed to <laughs> yeah it'd be very uh pan flutey but it, it'll, it'll work out definitely yeah. um so do you um do you think that it, it's um I mean, first of all, like, how's been how's been the reception to what you're doing um, from like fellow musicians and stuff like that? It's way more receptive from fellow musicians, really, than, than yeah, and way more than I even could have hoped. Because it's maybe it's more, I, th- I you know, indie rockish. I'd, I'd like to think that it's it's um, it's sort of catered to people that that really are music appreciators. I mean, mm. I would I would hope so because I I'm a music addict, and you know, I. I've, I listen to music all the time, and I and I just overanalyze music, and um, I, I study it, and I, I just pick things apart, for, and I take things from you know all sorts of things from from all sorts of different bands that I like, and I try to just take everything that that attracts me to it and just put it in into to this project, and and um, it like I I get a, a sort of refreshed feeling from from a lot of you know fellow musicians, which is you know totally you know flattering to me and um even the the under earth guys were, were texting me last night um telling me how much they like the record which i i didn't expect awesome. at all because you know the like i know that you know i don't think anybody in that band was ever a starting line fan i mean may, maybe right. aaron had, had had gotten into to some of the stuff but um well it's not like you were doing high school musical covers yeah <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Or I mean, were we? <laughs> you know I mean? <laughs> yeah, I get it, right. Depending on the critic, I guess. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, just, just that um, I'm getting uh, good feedback from, from people like that, like people that I, I really respect their music. It, it just means so much to me, and um, it's, been, it's been great. Yeah. And, and, like, what about, like, at the shows where you have Starting Land fans that are coming in and maybe they've heard, uh, well, today's world, they probably heard the whole record. So 
how are they responding to it? It's it, it's kind of um, it's better than I thought. Um, there there are a lot of Starline fans that have that have come into it and um, and gotten into you know gotten really into it and and a lot of people I've met have even you know told me oh I you know I heard the starting line not really my thing but you know I'm really into personnel which is you know what I was going for and uh I realized that it's kind of you know it's a horse of a different color mm-hmm. and um it's you know it's just a it's it's a different sort of vibe and it, it it's an acquired taste I think definitely really I, I would think so. You know, like it, it, like showing people drive like Jehu, for instance. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. like that's m- one of my favorite bands of all time. And v- even m- me listening to him for the first time, I was, you know, it was sounded so alien to me, and I I, d- I didn't really like it. But I I kept forcing myself to listen to it, and now I just you know can't get enough of it. And I I, I kind of tried to go for that kind of you know thing where it doesn't instantly please your ears you know where it's it's like almost uncomfortable at, at points but then there's there's relief in it mm-hmm. somehow um so people for the most part um have been you know really positive about it and i i really haven't heard too many people trash the record which is you know really good and expected um m- more than than they did so do you kind of feel like you've got something off your shoulders now absolutely it, really it's like um i, I it, it it's such a like a satisfying uh, experience playing with this band just because seeing people that do appreciate it and uh, and I'm up there you know having such a great time getting it out that it's just like it it feels like the beginning again you know when when you were in the basement and then you were playing VFW halls and and people were just you know genuinely you know, discovering your band and really liking it. It just, it feels like that again. It feels like, um, like the glory days. So like, was there ever a moment that, cause you always, you know, the, the big thing with change is that, and you know, they're talking about with the presidential election and everything else like that is, you know, it's like that person that works in your, your, the office that your mom works at and they're going to update the windows program and they freak out cause they're so used to working with windows 97. Um, so was there ever a moment during this whole process where you got scared? No. You doubted? No. Really? Yeah, because I, 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 I had the attitude that I didn't really have anything to lose. You know, it's, uh, you know, right. it, yeah. and that was a big part of not, not having a label, um, you know, involved with the record is because, you know, I didn't want to make it. Because this is done on your own label, your own imprint. Yeah. Human interest? Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just pretty much a name at this point. Um, we just, uh, it, it we just came up with the name just to just to have something you know on the back of the record, but we are gonna you know uh, do some charitable stuff with it and and give a portion of the record to to charity. Was it was it right? Was like every sale is a portion, or is it like think, a certain percentage? I think of sales? Uh, we're gonna take the 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 um you know the the gross of um of the profit and then and then I think take like five percent of that. Oh wow, that's amazing! Yeah. Amazing. Do you have any idea of the charities yet? Or um, I think Direct Relief Fund is mm. I think one of the first ones that I want to um. I want to go to just because they're an international, uh, you know, operation that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is, um, offering relief to, you know, famine, uh, and, you know, war stricken places. So I really want to g- get it to the places that really need the most help. Hmm. So it, which, which is fantastic. I mean, it's such a, they, they say that the, pretty much the generation underneath the age of 30 is, you know, just really, um, 
seeks out companies like that and organizations and people that do that uh, and give back to the world, give back to the community, recycle, whatever the deal is. Yeah. So that, that is, a, from, a, from a business standpoint, that's really, uh, that's very, uh, it's, a, it's a very good way to kind of like as a, as a 21st century musician to market yourself. You know, it's not all about the greed and myself. It's no. about all of us. Yeah, and I you know, and there's not nearly enough of that that kind of stuff going on. You know, do you? Th- is there anything in the? Uh, you know, with everything that you guys have been through and you've been through, um, which I still can't believe you've been doing this since 14. Yeah, and you're only 23, 24. 24, yeah. 24 now. Yeah. So, uh, which is amazing. Um, uh, is there anything in the? If you could get your hands on one thing in the music industry that you could actually be a control freak and control, and change or alter or manipulate uh, or delete—that's what I meant to say. What would it be? Um, well, auto tune for one thing. <laughs> Not a fan of auto tune, and I think I, I, seriously—that's very honest. You know, and and it's gotten to the point where even like rappers are turning auto tune on eleven and doing the you know the Daft Punk T Pain thing. Oh yeah, and yeah. now it's spilled over into rock music where you know like I, I don't want to name names, but you know they're no, go ahead. they're <laughs> unless you're planning they're, to perform with them. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean. And I met this kid, and, he, and he's super nice. But um, the the secret handshake guy, like okay. he, he uses that on his voice on every song, which is just it's just not necessary. I mean, that's you know, it's it's a studio effect for one thing. And if you're if you consider yourself like a, a rock artist in any derivative, you shouldn't you shouldn't have to snap your 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 tone in place. Like if, you know, if I feel like if anybody like. You know, like ask Kurt Cobain to auto tune his voice. Like, you know, I just think about like what he would say. You know, it's just there's so much character in not being perfect that I think that is getting so overlooked these days. So it sounds like almost some advice to a young singer. Yeah. They would be wanting to yeah. learn from you a secret. Yeah. It's just like, you know, just try to sound like who who you like, you know, you know, not not to say recreate their their voice or mimic them but you know just uh try to sound like what you would want to sound like and and just be confident in your voice you know as long as you as as you're loud and you're clear and you're um definitive in what you say like you're gonna you can be a good front man you know there's great front men in in history that you know couldn't hit a note with a bat (laughs) (laughs) what do you think what do you think um Let's continue on that line with musicians, with singers. I say, um, if uh, what do you think would be um, some advice that you would give to a new singer besides besides what I just besides did. the <laughs> auto tune? I mean, like, like, would you give like would you give them tips on how to perform on a stage? What do you think like mistakes are um, that a lot of new singers make? Uh, I'd say, you know, it it certain. Certain things suit, uh, you know, certain singers, uh, you know, in different ways. Like, uh, you know, in some aspects, you know, you should be really energetic and you should be, you know, uh, you know, participate, you know, getting the crowd participated in it and and, and stuff like that. Um, and then you know, the, but there are bands out there like you know, like Glassjaw and uh, and Color Revolt. Like I saw Color Revolt at Bonnaroo. Hmm. And I, I didn't hear the singer say one thing to the audience. And I and really, he just kind of stood there with a wide stance and just, you know, and just played the guitar like a creep and sang his songs. And and there was just something so cool about that. 
you know. So it's just like it's about taking what you have, and um, and just and just going with it. You know, I'd say just you do what's natural. You know, never try to be somebody else. Just try to be be the person that you would want to see. And uh, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. if that if that makes any sense. Sure. But, yeah. but um, you know, it's it's all about just finding your your kind of attitude. You know, because it's it's all about individualism. You know, if 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 you've seen it before, then you know why why would anybody want it? You know, you know. I've always kind of wondered if there was a kind of a rule of thumb, or if there was ever a discussion with the lead singer from somebody, whether it's the management, the record company, or a consultant, or who knows what, on the do's and don'ts of in between song banter. Yeah. Oh man. Let me tell you. <laughs> that, oh, I, I, I hit something here. Oh man, that is my that's my absolute <laughs> least favorite part about being on stage is really? in, in between song banner. I th- I consider myself one of the worst at at in between song banner and and you know, <laughs> I, I like it, when you start talking about yesterday's food or what. It's, uh, you know, oh man, there's just nothing. Your cat died. M- more uncomfortable than like saying something, and then like. Asking yourself like, "What the hell did I just say?" And then the crowd just staring at you, like hearing crickets chirp. It's just like it totally takes the wind out of your sails. And that's what kind of like why I respect bands like Color Revolt that just tune their guitars and then play the next song. It's like, it's like, what's the point? Like, what what is there to talk about? You know? Was there ever? Do you remember the time that you really made the com- the audience that quiet? Oh, I, remember you at all? I, I, try, I try to block those times out. It was probably last <laughs> a night. Post-traumatic stress syndrome, I get it. It was like two nights ago for something. <laughs> you know, I, I have lots of moments like that. But, you know, I'm not the most eloquent speaker there, that there is. And once I get on stage and I got all the, you know, the nerves, uh, the nerves going in there, it just gets worse and worse. So I, I, I've been trying to scale it down more and more, but then I get, you know, I, I get crap from people because they say oh you know he's he doesn't connect with the audience anymore but it's just like you know i just don't want to make a fool of myself anymore (laughs) (laughs) so there's i guess there's only too many times during a 30 minute set you can say so how you all doing out there oh man you go yeah i I hate that man it's especially when and you're our favorite fans when there's like a crowd of 30 people too and people ask them like how they're doing it's like what you know like (laughs) it's like asking at the dinner table yeah Are you guys pumped for dinner? <laughs> yeah. uh, the the uh, you know I, I kind of wonder like if um, if there was ever something where now you, are you doing this tour in a van? Yes. Yeah. Back to, so how's that feel for you to kind of be doing the van tours? It's uh, I'll tell you it's it's a whole lot more work, and I'm actually tour managing and selling merch right, for the are. for the first uh, and selling merch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Talking about being available. Yeah. Yeah. Does uh, that freak out the like some of the fans that really didn't expect you to be there? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's a a, a big reason why I'm doing it is because uh I mean it it do, uh, you know I'll be honest it does sell more merch for us um you know cuz kids come good point. kids come up and they start talking to me and and they're like, "Oh, you know, you got the CD, you got the, the I like this t-shirt and and they just buy stuff and I never thought about that. And you know, and it, it's something like when when you're buying it from the guy in the band, it makes him more special. Like, I, remember, I went to go see Owen maybe a couple years ago, and he was selling his own merch. And I bought a T-shirt that I never wore. Like, I, I've never <laughs> worn it since I bought it. I think it's the wrong – he didn't even have my size. I didn't care. I just wanted to, you know, I just, like, wanted to talk to him a little bit more. And, uh, and I guess I, I kind of took that with me, you know, because 
It, it, I, like I'll remember that moment forever, just buying a T-shirt off of, off of Mike Kinsella. You, know? <laughs> you, you, it sounds like you need to uh, jack the price up on your merch if you're going to be able to sell it that easy, just yeah. by just doing it yourself. Uh, <laughs> you know, start selling uh, you know pieces of stuff from your house you don't want anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I should. I got. You know, there's a fan out there for anything. They'll buy anything. You know what I mean? Forget eBay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I was kind of curious. Um, this is what I was going to ask before I went into the van question. That's why I paused there for a second trying to grab my thoughts. Um, the uh, uh, do, It sounds like what you're saying is you still get, after 1,500 shows is what you have on your MySpace and, and other bio stuff like that. You've done 1,500 yeah. shows? Really? Yeah. Well, over, yeah. over eight, seven years? Yeah. So, all right. So, like, uh, you still get nervous? Um, not nervous, anxious, really, really anxious. I, I almost, I, I never really got nervous. Maybe the first couple of shows that I played in my, you know, in my high school bands, I got nervous. But after that, I've kind of just like had an addiction for, for performing. And, uh, within, you know, like the five, 10 minutes before we go on, I'm just like, you know, I'm like a caged bull just jumping around and, and, you know, banging on things and clapping my hands mm. and stuff like that. And, uh. You know, it's it's always uh, it's always really exciting. I never never really get nervous. Just really anxious. Is there a, is there another personality to you when you're on the stage? Is there like an alter ego, a person um, you kind of slip yourself into? Because a lot of musicians are they 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 do get kind of nervous. Being honest, they get scared, so they put up a new persona in order to allow themselves to perform within and feel safe. Yeah, I, I mean, I. I don't know if it, if it's a a real you know persona, but um, I definitely get in in a kind of trance or, or like hypnotic state when I'm mm. playing my music, and uh, you know I'll just I close my eyes and I dance and I and I you know I de- you know I definitely don't dance very often, but when I'm on <laughs> when I'm on stage, I just can't help myself, and I just I love moving and I, and uh, and um, I, I think that's it. I just I just let my body take over basically. Have you found that your on stage presence has changed? With this material versus your starting line material, I mean, I imagine yeah. just sonically, it would have to at least a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely less like jumping, I guess. Okay, right, right. <laughs> like yeah, no, guess, yeah. you know, le- little to no jumping, but um, uh, it's it's a lot more like looking at each other, which mm. with starting line almost never did, and and really? that that was one of my biggest quarries with with playing with starting line, was that we we didn't have a, a like a lot of con- chemistry on stage, which is. Um, Why was that? You know, I, I, I don't Especially know. Especially after how many you guys been together since high school. I think that that junior you, high. I actually think that might have have been a part of it. You know, like really? we we never really looked at each other too much in the beginning, and I think we kind of just got in in the habit of just um, playing our songs because we know them, and you know, it, it, unless someone messes up, we look at them. Like with this band, you know, we're all like looking at each other, being like, you know, I'll, you know, slow it down, or like, you know, let's 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 uh, let's let's make it softer and then bring it back up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole lot of like communication going on with, with our eye contact and, um, and it creates this, this really cool kind of chemistry, um, with, w- with personnel that, uh, that seems to come across to, to the audience because a lot of people have been coming up to me saying, it's so cool to see you with this band because you seem so happy. And, it, and, wow. I really and I and I do catch myself smiling a lot more on stage with this band. You know, I hate to say it, but it's it's uh, it's just like it's um it's like a love affair. And, and do you get the alter? You get the, the other kid that comes up and says, "Why aren't you upset still? I mean, I liked you when you were yeah. sad." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I haven't met the kid that that wants me to be 
wants me to be sad. There's yet, probably somebody there, in a message board someplace. There's someone probably somewhere that want that you know wants a little bit more misery, I guess. But you know, that's not there. There are other bands to you know for that. <laughs> so so we do two music breaks during the show, and um and it could be uh, and I'm gonna give you the context of them, and then you can pick two bands. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give you the yeah no that's right um two bands two songs any band any song and uh so here's the context um uh give me uh two songs that um do you th- that that about that 2005 2004 period when you started exploring the world outside warp tour yeah. musically for yourself yeah those two songs that impacted you the most around that period um that ultimately led to the way you changed you were doing songwriting differently and and kind of leading up to now um i think it it, it might have actually been 2003 2004 um that and i I was real late getting on the train um but it was the the first time i really sat down and listened to okay computer and heard airbag for the first time oh okay yeah And, and uh it was when the baseline for Airbag came in that I was like, oh my God, you know, like just that you can have like floaty guitars, uh, you know, doing, doing this dreamscape kind of thing. And then this, this bubble bass comes in and takes over the whole song and just lifts it up to a whole new level. It just, I, I don't think I'd ever thought about music that way, you know. I, from you know, growing up off of, off of Blink One Eighty Two and Face to Face and Lagwagon, all I knew was just playing as fast as the guitar was, you know, maybe some a couple runs in there and stuff like that, and uh, you know, having start and stop and stuff like that, but all like syncopated. But to think about, um, you know, the the bass being, uh, you know, a percussive en- entity. And, and and a thing to like escalate and excite the song rather than just be another guitar, mm-hmm. I think was um, a big turning point in in the way that I wanted to write music. Wow! And another band, another song. Another band, another song. Um, I'm trying to think around that time. Oh man, um, Glassjaw. Oh Two yeah. tabs of mescaline. You're you're a big Glassjaw fan. Huge Glassjaw fan. That's, that's right. that'll that's right. be, that that's the only band that can get me back in the mosh pit. I think. Really? It, yeah. That's the one. That's the one. I mean, I was I you know, even when we were. Daryl will be happy. Oh yeah, yeah. He 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 knows. He he's yeah. Really? He, he always sees how me, much sees how much me out signed there. autographed Glassjaw stuff have you made him do for you? I never had him sign anything. Really? I could never. Uh, absolutely never. But I was never that guy that was huge on getting stuff signed. I was just I really liked any pictures with him. Um. No pictures. I, I do. Hard to I, do. We. Uh, yeah. It's a lot yeah. Harder to I, do. I, I Sometimes just, I wish I was just a fan because I'd have to. Yeah. Because you know, I, I don't want to be that guy. You know. I want. Right. I want him to like. You know. Mean it. Yeah. I want him to be my buddy. You know. And right. I can't be buddies with somebody that's asking you to take a picture with him. So, um, I, I've always kind of you know just had a man crush on that guy and and just like the you know his, and like his stage persona especially is I think really totally influential in in the scene that you mm-hmm. know. That that starting line and um, you know th- all those you know Thursdays and Finches and and all those were extremely um, inspired by by his stage persona, and um, we I, I played we played a show starting line played a show with Head Automatica, hmm. um, where me and and Daryl got to really like hang out for the first time and I I have that that's like the only 
like starting line poster I have framed in my room. Were you nervous? I, I mean, not for the show, but like meeting him yeah. and like hanging out with him and talking with him. Like I was, oh man, I was just so, you know, so quiet and like, just like th- running through things I was going to say. uncomfortable like, silences. And- yeah. <laughs> just, oh man. Yeah. I was, I was super, super nervous. Yeah.
Championship and this is tribute to my drum, like ripping or failing. No
besides Daryl um, Palumbo, is there anybody else that influenced you as a lead singer? Um, Performance-wise. Not necessarily vocally, but performance-wise on stage. Um, I'm trying to think. Would it be, would it be, would it be being presumptuous to say Tom York? I mean, now it definitely is. Okay. I mean, to to say that it was in in starting line days, you know, right, m- maybe right. from based on a true story on, um, I, I was. I mean, not not so much by his stage persona because, you know, he has a, a like that sort of same like color revolt kind of like yeah. just like thank you after he plays the song, kind of kind of yeah, and then plays the next song kind of thing and um, and and you know I've always had a trouble just like saying nothing at shows. Uh, so I, 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 I definitely, I mean, uh, like stylistic wise, I've, I've, I've really like tried to like study the the way that he sings because he, you know, that's, that's a guy that can sing anything and mm-hmm. make it, make it sound good. And it just kills me. You know, I've never heard him sing a song that, that I thought, you know, he made sound silly. I've noticed more, more people, um, and maybe it's just because I love both bands. I do love Radiohead, but I also love The Smiths and more. And I've noticed more singers modeling either one of them. And it's, you can hear shades of either one Morrissey or Tom York in their voices in yeah. certain extents. So it's pretty. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting to see how those bands are influencing so many bands now, especially bands that are coming out of the Warped Tour crowd that are growing up. Yeah, and that's the next. It's like their college years, kind of. Yeah, you know, you go to college, you start appreciating, you know, John Coltrane and all that. And, yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. You Mild, of, Miles Davis. All exactly. That stuff. I yeah. Mean, it, yeah. Um. All right. So the, here's here's what I was going to start off with, and and, and uh, I, is it true that you, for temporary point in time, uh, sang with Hinder? <laughs> that's amazing. I never thought that this would. <laughs> um, I was in uh, a, a, a sort of Deftones-ish kind of, uh, you know, you know I'll, I'll go as far to say sort of new metal before there was new metal. Okay, kind right. of, when it was cool. Kind of, yeah, right. I mean, okay. it, it was... Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. yeah, it was in like my freshman year of high school. Um, <laughs> and and we hap- and, and I came up with the name and it happened to be called Hinder. And, uh, and then, you know... There's a there's a new uh, incarnation. There's no, no none of the members from from that hinder, but yeah, that um, that started up. And I thought, oh hey, what a what a coincidence. And you know, I don't know who's worse. <laughs> <laughs> so that 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 is like the the interesting little fact trivia thing that people can share over the oh, dinner table. Man. Now. I hope nobody goes looking for that record. <laughs> but but it's it is out there. There, there was a. Small, I thought it was just demos. Was there, there was, there was a. We won a battle of the bands where we got, I think, like eight hours of recording time. Oh, and one we, of those and things. We, yeah. yeah, we made like a, a six or seven song record, and uh, I don't. I, I, I think Matt Watts might have a copy of it somewhere, really? but I don't even have a copy of it. But, but they, that is the same band. It's just all, all the original people are out, or is it a totally separate band? Totally called? separate band. So it's, all right. Yeah. So, so that is actually the trick question behind. Yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. All right, all it's right. just 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 shared the same name. That was it. <laughs> Damn, yeah. uh, it would have been funny the other way around. Oh, yeah, totally. know, but it's okay. But it is—it is, oh, it is kind of amazing. It is really, really amusing to kind of think of it that way. Yeah. Um, how important do you think, um, especially after you've been doing? You know, uh, let me start. Let me do it in a different direction. What high school did you go to? You went to Happer Horsham. And what kind of what were you like in high school? I was uh, I was the kind of I was. Basically, the kid that didn't know where to sit at lunch. You know, like I really I had some. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
You know, I had like some. Because usually I ask like, where did you sit at lunch? And and that you just beat me to it. Yeah, so. I mean that that's the thing is like I would I would float from like maybe the kids that I was on the track team with to the kids that uh, you did track. Yeah, yeah, I was a I was a track runner. Um, How'd you uh, rank? Did you win anything? I would no, I was pretty bad. I, I mean, I I wasn't like the worst, but I wasn't. I wasn't very fast. I just okay. really, I really liked running, and and the coach saw me running at the park one day and just asked me to join the team, and I was like, you know, what the hell? So I did it, and um, yeah, I never really, never really won anything, and wasn't that spectacular. But I, I, I did make, a, I made some friends with those kids, and um, I sat with like the kids that um, you know, like a, a couple of my friends were were a lot, you know, way into you know like shy halud and um, oh, okay, and. Yeah you know, indecision and, and a lot of like punk hardcore bands and which, uh, you know, I, you know, I was into no effects and that, and that kind of stuff. So I was like, ah, oh, it's close enough. You know, I can hang out with these kids. Uh, and then I would hang out, you know, with the, with the, the weirdos out in the courtyard every now and again, you know, and, uh, I, I, I didn't really have a, a like a, a click that I, that I fit into, you know, there was like kids that I played in bands with that I would, that I would hang out with. Um, but you know, for the most part, I just, would just um, have my headphones on and just try to pay attention in class and just be annoyed at the kids that would talk all the time. And I was, <laughs> wow, you were you were pretty attentive in class. I, I tried to For be a musician. You know, like, I'm, I'm actually kind of impressed. Yeah, I was just I was more just like annoyed with with kids in high school than anything. And I just you know would just. I, and but I actually liked going to class. You know, like I, I really liked. What were your grades like? Uh, I was like a, about a B average student. What was your courses like? What were the ones that you were like? You're that's I aced that one, man. Um, I, I was a good math student. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Wow, a musician uh, that's good at math. That's yeah, rare. Yeah, <laughs> it helps. It really does help, <laughs> especially when you're doing the merge table. Knowing how to count. Oh man, I that I I didn't hold. It, it didn't hold up for, to now because I'm. <laughs> if you look at my paperwork for, for that stuff, it's just like. What? <laughs> it's like they they gave me a sheet to fill out. And this is my first it, yesterday was my first day like filling out a sheet doing it, and like I didn't understand anything, so I just had to write like, all right, this is what we made, and this is you know how many shirts we sold. Like I don't understand any of this. Sorry, this is how much I got in my pocket. <laughs> I, right? said, yeah. I blew twenty on beer and uh, yeah, exactly. five on a hot dog. And, <laughs> I'd right? make, make my own section, my own Excel. <laughs> so you were good in math and and um. Science or no? I, I I actually almost failed science for, you know, for whatever. But I, I had a feeling my teacher didn't like me. And uh, <laughs> what I, happens? Yeah, I, I was okay in drama. I was mm, I, okay. I did all right there. Did you do any musicals or any plays or anything like that? I did do a musical um, my sophomore year, and they and they made me like cast member number like ninety, and like I. I I was just like one of the background dancers and and singers, and I think and I, I know it was just because I wasn't in like chorus or choir or anything, and they didn't know who I was. And what show was it? It was Little Abner. Little Abner, okay. Yeah. So you had to put on the whole, they cut off shorts and all that stuff like that. And I had to put on like uh, there was one scene where I was wearing overalls. This was like my big scene in in the show. I had uh, overalls on and then like long john red underwear underneath, and like it was the, at the Sadie Hawkins Day scene, and um, one of the girls comes and rips off my overalls and then I'm just standing there in my underwear and, oh, so you and everybody the, you, laughs. You got was, the money shot for everybody. Yeah, great. yeah. I got, perfect for the parents. I got the co- the comic relief of, <laughs> of the show. But uh, but then, you know, they gave me one line of like the guy that like shouts out something from the crowd and I, uh, you know, I just, I, I felt like I kind of got gypped on my role. Like in, you know, the guy that played lead wasn't really that great and just you know, it's like I just, you know, like I could at least do like one of you know be one of the scientists or something, you know, like 
like, you know, I can I can hit a note. And I sang a Sensefield song, like a trying out for it. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So you were probably the coolest audition they had. I guess I, they probably didn't think so. They were like, what the hell is this? Has there been any, this, anybody uh, else come out of your high school that's been like as noted a musician as you? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, do, if you, you is that school now known as the place that, that Kenneth Fasoli came out of. I did. I, I I did go back there a couple a couple years later to to like uh-huh. see some of the teachers and just like you know thank my track my track coach and and stuff like that and uh, yeah like the kids in the hallways were like oh you're you're Ken Fasoli like uh, like like it's uh, pretty cool isn't it Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, like um, it, it's uh. Did you spit in that drama teacher's face? Are you like for not no, casting you? Right? No, no, she wasn't. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't the drama teacher. It was like the you know whoever. Usually when there was a musical, the choir director did it. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he. I didn't. I didn't go visit that. You didn't guy. go back for revenge. Okay, <laughs> no. right. you know, just for that moment. You know, no, was, have your friend videotape it so you put uh, it on YouTube. Yeah, I was done with them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I actually, um, it's funny enough. I just found this out, but the uh, uh, a kind of like crust punk band called Frail came out of uh, Hapro Horsham, which I did. I didn't know about, but I was. You know, I had a bunch of their seven inches. You know, way way back in the, the day. World is so small sometimes. Yeah, it's crazy. It is so small sometimes. Yeah. When you were when you were going out on the road, um, especially you know for the number of tours that you did, and you know like once you got on drive through, things um, quickly picked up. Oh yeah. Quickly picked up for you guys, and you became hot fast, and and that's when you kind of got uploaded up to Geffen, and then that's when hell came out. Right. So, um, what what do you think that you kind of learned? Uh, over the years being on the road because the road ages you. It makes you grow up yeah, fast. And so it's like you're 23, but you probably, when you talk to other 23-year-olds that aren't in, haven't been on the road like you have, they probably you probably feel 33. You, uh, your experience it, is not necessarily like you look 33. In, years in some ways, you know, in some ways, actually, I feel a little bit more immature than, than some <laughs> because, you know, I really... <laughs> I forgot like, about the musician part. I forgot yeah, you know, I'm a musician. Like, all I do, you know, I work, like, three hours a day most days, you know, <laughs> so it's like... I try telling that to people, and they just kind of look at me like, oh, yeah, get a real job, like, right, sometimes. Yeah. But um, I, I, I did learn a lot from being on the road, and um, I learned how to, how to kind of, you know, be uh, so, somewhat independent, you know, at a, at a really early age. Um, so I think that that's given me a lot of, you know, a lot of life experience. Do you think there's been any sort of negative impact from learning to be independent so early? I mean, do you think it's kind of made, you know, you um, less willing to want to rely on somebody else? Uh, maybe, like maybe, but I, I wouldn't consider that a negative thing. I mean, you know, it, uh, I, and I do still rely on people a lot, you know, but, um, but it's, it's, it's taught me to, t- to take care of my business and, mm. uh, and, it, and it's helped me so much with, with being in, in this band, um, because I, kn- I know what goes into everything. I know what happens at the shows. I know, you know, how everything works now. And, uh, you know, I know where, where all the, you know, where all the drug busts are on the road. <laughs> and it's, it's, no, I'm just kidding. Maybe. <laughs> just maybe. Maybe. You've just read about it online. Yeah. Yeah, it's, not, it's not like you would know. No. Um, but, yeah, I, I really think that, um, you know, the experience of the road um, have, have affected me in the, in, in the better. Have you kind of noticed now that you're, it sounds like to a certain extent, personnel, where you are with this band and your, and your career, is it's like this is your I've learned a lot band. 
And yeah. uh, now I'm going to put it in motion. And I was reading about in the uh, story in AP, I think it was AP or it was, it was online. It was one of the other. I can't remember right now. Um, I've, I'm, I haven't had enough coffee. Uh, the uh, I think about Paramore. And they were saying that they were influenced by you guys. Yeah. Uh, and when they were growing up, and well, they're still growing up. But <laughs> while, whatever. While I mean, they're growing up. Right, right. While they're growing up. Um, so does you kind of feel like when you walk onto a... Uh, into a scene event, whether it's like a bamboozle or it's a, a, a you're gonna go just go see a show that's part of the scene crowd, and people see you, other musicians that see you that are younger and fresh, you know, they're they're new, that they kind of there's this respect that you're now finding being placed on you. You're like, wow, that's Kenny from Starlight. Like, yeah, it's kind of make you feel a little weird. Like, sh- it, it's it's really humbling because I you mm. know I don't I don't think that that I'm hot shit at all. And uh, and I still look at so many people in that way that it's it's hard for me to to like to realize that that um, that people can look up to me. So it, and, and I do I, I get that 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 feeling you know like when I was at Warp Tour like so many you know so many people were coming up to me saying you know oh, I was at the last show and and this and that and uh, you know I've listened to you guys for a really long time and it's it's, it's so nice you know but it's uh it's almost impossible for me to wrap my head around. It probably opens up some doors for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm for sure. I mean, we got that Paramore tour. I, I'll I'll bet you know almost all because of that. If you had to take, if you had to, if you had to kind of take a step back from yourself over the past couple of years, um, since about um, I don't know, probably about the time that you 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 probably about mid two thousand six, um, and then you started up personnel to now. How do you think you've changed as a person since then? Um. Yes, it's hard to to say how how you've changed as a person. Um, I think I've I've definitely become more open minded. I hope. I hope. I mean, I hope that I haven't become jaded in in all my years of of playing music and 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 um, hearing bands that I don't like. You know, I I really um, I think uh, now you know, especially going and and doing things on a smaller scale, I'm way more appreciative. Of every opportunity that I've had in the past, because I realized that it, it affords me to have so many more opportunities in my future. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I'm I'm definitely a, probably way more appreciative now than I was maybe three years ago when everything was at its peak and you know things were just coming and I just expected them to keep you know getting better and better. It's you know it makes you realize that hey, you know this can all go away in a flash. You know we could be the next Deep Blue something. Right. And, <laughs> And 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 that's that, you know. Like uh, it really, um, it. Uh, you made a point at one time. You said where you're like you would rather be a band that was influential and left an impact than a band that was popular for 15 minutes. Absolutely, yeah. Because you know, money only lasts for so long, and I've never been a, a real like money hungry guy. And um, as, especially with this band, like every decision I make is is just so that we can do what we want, you know, at at our own, you know, at our own afford. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I I I'd much rather you know like that's way more staying power than you know just having a a, a top forty hit that you know that made the charts mm-hmm. you know this year i think you know to to be a band like a like a drive like jehu that you know had you know influenced bands like at the drive in that influenced bands like say anything that are going to influence bands 
you know, coming up, right? Uh, you know, in the following years, like, it, I would love to be a drive like Jehu that really didn't even get the credit that they deserved. But you know, when people go and research it, they they find out about it. Is there a point in your years coming up that you that your years ahead that you just you you don't know what the hell you're going to be doing? Like, oh, yeah. like the age thirty or something, or age twenty five. <laughs> I, I mean, I just I'd like to think that I'm just still doing this. I, you know, I, I'd like to to be a James Brown kind of guy where I'm just doing it until I stopped ticking, you know? And that's what he did. And he right. and he still was, you know, busting moves when he was, you know, 70-some years old on that stage. And and he played uh, Atlantic City like a year before he died. And, mm-hmm. that I, I, you know, I totally regret not going to. But, you know, it's just like I remember seeing that. It's like, oh, my God, like that guy is still playing. And uh, I just I really want to be that guy. It's like Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Little Richard. Totally. You know, they're still at it. So the second song break, um, and uh, I've, I've started doing this, and I, I'll do it for you too because I'm sure that you get asked uh, it quite a bit um, probably by younger journalists and stuff like that. So we're going to officially ask this question so that way from here on out you can just say, listen to AP Podcast, and then they don't ever have to ask you this question. Okay, okay. <laughs> I can just refer them. Good. Exactly, just refer them, and then you don't have to worry about it anymore because there's always those questions that musicians just like, okay, fine, I'll answer that again. <laughs> um, give me your favorite starting line song okay okay of all time and then give me your favorite song off of personnel my favorite starting line song it always my favorite starting line song always seems to change um you know from week to week like i'm i'm really attached to a lot of the songs off a direction um and uh you know one week it's been need to love and the other week it's been something left to give and and then it's been are you alone i mean those i think are the are the three big ones for me and um Probably right now, it's it's a toss up between "Are You Alone" and "Something Left to Give," because those were you know songs that I, I feel like were not typical starting line songs and really like came out you know just just how I wanted them to, which was you know really mm-hmm. rare, a rare thing you know um, with with writing with that band, and um, it just. Uh, it's a, those are songs that I can I can still go back and, and listen to and, and really appreciate. And then off of initial, off of initial, um, I think Wooden Soldiers is okay. is probably my favorite um, because it's got a, a, a lot of uh, you know my favorite influences uh, incorporated in it. Like you know, it's got. Um, to me, blatant uh, Radiohead ripoffs in it. <laughs> It's got um it's got a, a good artist ba- copy yeah. great artist steal. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. You know? I'm going to use that. Okay, there you go. Some for in, in between song that's banter. Gonna, that's going to be on my business card. Is, is it going to be yeah. it's going to be on your calling card? Okay, yeah. awesome. Um and then at the, at the end of it it's got uh you know this like loopy kind of uh, uh you know pseudo electronic battles kind of part that mm-hmm. you know and uh, that's another band that I haven't gotten to mention yet that um this band battles at mm-hmm. at New York City. Um, is like to me, they're they're the future of music. They're they're doing something that I I feel like is so futuristic. They 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 play as a as a full you know four four piece band, but they sound like like a DJ, like a crazy DJ, mm-hmm. all with guitars and drums. And it, it's uh, the original drummer for Helmet, John okay. Steiner, okay. just doing crazy you know uh, rim shot percussion and and counter rhythms with the guitar, and. Um, me and the rest of the guys are just obsessed with that band. So, it, like, I was really happy with, 
you know, the the B part of that song coming out the way it did, having a crescendo with with that kind of right, that right. kind of feel. Yeah, that is with 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 the with initial. It's a it's a it's a lot it's a lot more obviously percussive than yeah. the previous work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we're gonna uh, kind of stay in that in that kind of direction. I think the next record is gonna be. Um, even more percussive and a little bit funkier too. It's a great way to get the audience moving. I think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, not all these songs are are really dance songs, but right. um, you know, we're definitely having a lot of fun with with uh, with some soul kind of rhythms and 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 funk stuff and uh, and even like electronic kind of kind of rhythms.
got stars in my great big sky I shall gaze upon without leaving small ones behind Because they're harder to find Some were satellites, others planes Some were twinkling while others were fading away they're all one of a kind Ooh, it's not that interesting But I'd like to keep it a secret So I'll have something left to give Something left to give And I'll hear my children and grandchildren sing Something left to give And I'll hear my children and grandchildren sing Something left to give
song titles and album titles oh that's dude that's my, all right i did my dude. cheat sheets this time different me too usually i put all the records in a row so if i start because i usually i'm thinking of the next question and i'm kind of finding like trying to see where the person's going so if there's something in there and then i could just refer when i get lost and i didn't do that oh, i man. put them all spurst out so I'm, all lost all i'm terrible with it man even like bands we play with i'm like oh give it up for you know 
say, you know, something. And then tomorrow's I'll skip. another morning. Yeah. And it was actually and like, no, yesterday's another morning. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you done that yet? Have you done that yet? Oh, I'll, er, almost every show. Yeah, I'm sure the bands appreciate it. Yeah. I'm sure, you know. Um, it's better to be called a name than nothing. I, that's so. what I say. At least I'm, you know, at least I'm making the effort. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, and speaking of, uh, of the songs on initial, lyrically, it has been kind of like talked about, like I've read a bunch of places where the initial starting line material back in the day was, was kind of like being mad about a last relationship and yeah. like venting yeah. and your therapy and, and so then, I think there was actually a comment some, at some point. I think it was actually in the, uh, in the initial AP cover story, uh, where some, where one of the guys in the band said something like, you know, um, you know, you know, paraphrasing, but you know, maybe at some point we'll stop writing about, you know, girls that we're mad at. Yeah. And so that's funny. How, how, how is how lyrically is to you personnel compared to like the stuff you were doing at Starting Line. I mean, like, give me a context that's different. Where was your reference point for what you ended up putting into personnel? Um, for, for personnel, I mean, I've always written from experience and, and from life experience. And because of that, you know, that's all I know. And I, I don't know how to write, you know, like fiction, or I guess, you know. I, um, you write what you know. I, I write what I know and I yeah. write what's in my life and what's important to me and and, you know, things that I think other people can relate to. And with this, I I try to get even more broad with with the way that I sing, mm-hmm. and and the lyrics that I write, and I try to write it in a way that you don't know exactly what I'm talking about, and um, you know, and and certain things could, you know could be about conversations I've had with my brother about politics, and and you know certain things could be about you know uh, you know love strewn relationships, just like like mm-hmm. starting line stuff. But I I try to you know put it in a way that's not so obvious now. And I, and I think that that's like, to me, what, what some of the greatest lyrics are, because you can, you can take a line, um, like say like, you know, going back to there, there, like just because you feel it doesn't mean it's there. Like that, he could have been talking about anything in the world, like any uh, particular situation from his life. But I can, I can relate that to so many things in my life. And I, I, I'm just like, um, dying to write lyrics like that, that, you know, stand out on their own and make you and are thought provoking and and still relate to to life. Do you? How often do you write lyrics? Um, do you have like a book? Yeah, I have a I, I I have a lot of books that I just you know I'll think of something and I'll write it down and almost never go back to it and read it. So it's self defeating. It, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'd like to think that it does. So, I mean, I, sometimes like I'll, I'll be like. I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of cool, but like, what the hell am I talking about here? Like, that's so stupid. Right. And then I'll be like, well, I'll just change that line. And then I'll be like, well, then I'll just change the first line. And then, and it's almost, you know, it's, it never re- really resembles what I start off with, but it, it's just like, a, you know, it's kind of a kicking off point and it, um, it gets m- my train of thought moving and, um, and from there. But you, usually I, when I'm, you know, about to lay down the lyrics, I'll, I'll go back through everything that I, that I've drafted for that song and I'll just, pick through things that I like. I'll try to, you know, put them in an order that it makes sense. And then I'll just, um, do, do another once over to make it fluid. And then, you know, and sometimes I'll just completely wipe it out and just start from scratch and write the whole thing right there before I'm about to lay it down. Is there something that triggers you lyrically, like to, to, to all of a sudden start 
I mean, does it does it take something to see something to all of a sudden like get into a fight with somebody? Does it take it you know something where it's it usually um, you need to be on the road. I mean, I mean, usually you know, actually the road really helps, and and not so much in a bus too. Like just these uh, you know these you know week tours that we've done with personnel. Like I've written so much more on just those little short stints in a van. Because I have I've less to do with myself. There aren't like you know PlayStations and Xboxes and and right. and, and, and and you know like pl- things to make food and and stuff like that. It's just like I have a notebook and I have an iPod and and I'll think of something or I'll see something and I'll be like oh you know um, like I I need to I need to get this across and I'll I'll start I'll start writing it down. And it's 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 been way more now. But the, one of the biggest hurdles is is being inspired and. And it's uh, it's hard when you know you have to write lyrics to something, and you're like, well, what is worth writing about? You know, I don't want to just write something just to just to write something. I was just to ask you that because they say well, it's one of the rules about writing is that just get up every morning and write five pages, and it's just like, it's I don't believe that. You know, it's uh, it's like talking if you have nothing to say. You know, it's like what's the point? You know, um, I'd rather wait until I have something that's really, you know really saying something because otherwise it's just you know it's filler you know mm-hmm. and I, I don't I don't want to come up with filler um, was there ever is there a place in the country that nobody knows about uh, a particular building a site a place I don't know um, uh, where it inspired that thing is still there and it ins- and nobody knows that that thing seeing that thing or experiencing something at that spot is what caused you to write a particular song um, I don't know if it's ever been um a location okay per se. Um I mean I think I think the road in general and ju- and driving really late at night listening to full records and and you know just being being alone with your own thoughts it it just um it 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 forces you to 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 look around and and start taking things in and you know th- I haven't written a song about it but there actually is a, a spot in Australia where we went there's this um this kind of like m- mainly torn down building uh, it was across from uh, the hotel we were staying at it just basically is like a parking lot but it had like two sides of a brick wall still up and it had a bunch of graffiti on it and the w- somebody painted something. And then, like, cut out the canvas and then plastered it on this wall, and it was and it's like and it's the desktop on my, on my computer because I because really? I just love I love the there's you, an album cover yeah oh totally you, you, might, you, you might see it yeah no, there we are um, and uh, and it's and it's really like it's a it's a, it's just like a weird picture of somebody's face with round glasses and I like to think that it's John Lennon and um, and and just that somebody saw that space and and. And I'd like to think that they went and drew that just for that space, and you know, really took the time with it, and then you know, plastered it there. Um, just, stuff like that really gets me thinking. And and um, what city was that in? In uh, was it Brisbane or something? I, I don't, Perth? No, no, it was Sydney because the Opera Sydney. House was okay. was there too. Yeah, it's in Sydney. Um, I believe it was across from from a Marriott. So if you guys want to go look down near near and China, take a picture of it. Chinatown, and, yeah. And send it to you on your MySpace. Yeah, it looks like a like a crazy kind of John Lennon. What about? I've always kind of wondered. I've always wondered about those first draft songs. You know, they would say when you write an angry letter to somebody, rip up the first draft and throw it away. Was there ever a song that you went back after you wrote it, 
and maybe you're getting close to recording it and you just said i just i'm gonna throw out everything i just wrote or 98 percent of what i wrote and so the context of that song the song title made it stay the same but the context completely changed yeah from what it ended up being on record yeah uh, there's a song called stay where i can see you off of based on a true story that used to be like uh it was the same kind of like surprise surprise kind of context where it was just, like it was about that girl that you know like i had a really bad experience with this girl like I've, i flew out to to uh, Seattle on my birthday because I thought, you know, like this was, you know, like, oh, I'm, you know, we're, we're so crazy about each other just to find out that she was like, you know, possibly pregnant with her ex-boyfriend's kid oh. and like, yeah, and, you know, it was basically just like left it in a Motel 6 like the whole week, the whole weekend on, on my birthday. So like I wrote, you know, like I wrote a whole album, you know, <laughs> dissing that bitch. <laughs> and, and, uh, and that and stay where I can see you actually was like the worst one. It was like it had her full name. It was like, it was like oh you know like, it was just, with her address. Yeah, her. like totally like it was just like the most malicious song I'd ever Phone written. Number. And uh, and then as the as the year as the months passed, you know when uh, we really started uh, getting the songs together and we were about to record it, I was like you know this is like I'm I'm kind of over this and. You know, there are enough songs about this on the record where, like, you know, I, I got back with my with my old girlfriend that I'm, you know, I'm still with now. And we were, and we were you know, uh, everything was going great. So I was like, you know, let's make this a song about for her, like a love song. And uh, stay where I can see you. Amazing. Yeah. How would you describe your fans? Extremely loyal. Um, really, like, um, resilient. They're... Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've had so many repeat people come to see us, like people that you know, a lot. You know, some people that had seen us since we were Sunday Drive, like wow, like really longtime fans. There's a a girl that came to the um, this last bamboozle, and that was her fiftieth time seeing us, and that you know, like. I've never even seen a band. I don't know if I've seen a band ten times. You know, to to see a band fifty times, like it's like after like forty, I would be like, all right, I've seen this. You know, like, <laughs> but you know, like it to. It's it's almost impossible to try to wrap your head around people wanting to see your band that much, and you know, I I just got to give it to them for being totally cool. I I, I mean, maybe maybe it's just uh, it's just because like. You know, they're my kids or whatever, but they're, they're the best fans ever, you know? If there was any advice you would give a fan, what would it be? I'd say keep an open mind because... Um, like I'll, allow your I, favorite musician to grow? Exactly. Like I'll take Saves the Day for an example. Like, okay. Um, when I was younger, uh, you know, Through Being Cool was out. Through Being Cool was my my jam. I was all about it. And then they put the two songs out on the Vagrant sampler, and I was all about those. And then they put out... Um, Stay what you are. Yeah, and I was not having it. Like I was, mm. you know, I was, I was maybe seventeen when it came out. That to, was your kind of based on a true story. Exactly for them. Exactly, yeah. 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 I, and and I wasn't ready for it. I dissed it, and I and it, and it was at that point where I just felt like everybody was slowing down, and and just nobody was was punk anymore, and I was pissed off about it. <laughs> and uh, and I see a lot of that in in in, you know, in what Starting Line does from 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 some from some of the, you know, so-called fans that they just get so pissed off that we're not writing Say It Like You Mean It anymore. And it's like, well, why would you want two of the same record? And and I thought I wanted that when I was younger. 
But that, but now, you know, and, and it took in Rivery for me to realize that, oh my God, this band can do so much more. And then I went and listened to uh, Stay What You Are, and I realized it's a brilliant record. And um, and now that's still one of my favorite bands. So, you know, once you have an open mind about music and and you don't pigeonhole your own favorite bands, then you, you can really start enjoying music a whole lot more. I think it's difficult, and I've thought about this, I think it's difficult for a band... There seems to be that gap period of, and I don't. I want to say it's denial, or it's optimism, or the glass is half full, or it's idealism. Probably more idealism. Yeah. Uh, and where you know a band becomes popular off of a series of songs or a sound that they've done. Yeah. It makes a dramatic impact upon that initial fan base. Then the band wants to grow up and change. That fan base doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Disappears. Yeah. And then about ten years after that. So now we're 20 years into the band's existence. Then the band realizes they start to go, go back and start doing the hits again. Yep. And so it's like, there's that 10-year gap in there yeah. where the band is sitting there and there's, and you will, you'll see a lot of interviews, kind of like what we're having now, where they're like, be open. Allow me to grow as a musician. Yeah. And sometimes it works, but more than likely not, yeah. you end up having to go back. I mean, look at Chris Cornell. He's going around and doing, he just wants to do all his solo stuff. He's got to throw in Soundgarden songs. Oh, yeah. He can't get away with it. Oh, he, yeah. And so it's kind of like you kind of figure at some point or another, no matter what you do in the future, regardless, let's say um, starting line's done. Let's yeah. just say it's done. You're going to have to go out and do an acoustic tour of starting line songs. I, I, I don't think so. I don't, because, I mean, there's, there's, there's musicians like David Byrne that, okay. that will... No, and there are people that can get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. totally. And, and it's all about... But you know he'd make millions. Oh, yeah, if totally. They, if they could get all those guys to agree again to do Talking Heads, they'd yeah, make millions. Yeah, exactly. But that's what makes David Byrne David Byrne. And, you know, and he still has his fans, you know, like, and I think that they respect him for that, too, because he's taken the stance that, like, well, you know, that was this part of my life and this is this part of my right, life. And I'm right. not, not going to revert back to that just to be a, a crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I don't, you know, I don't totally agree with it because I love the Talking Heads. And, right. And, like... I would go crazy to see some of those songs live now, but uh, but I really respect him for just doing what he does now because I think if people just take what he's uh, doing now for what it is and and realize that this is what's what's coming, then they really start enjoying it more instead of just uh, you know wanting everything that they've done in the past. So last topic, and I know it's all over the internet, and there's plenty of stories, and it's been an AP too about the Geffen experience and that whole thing. So I don't want to rehash all that again. Um, but I do want to kind of put in context with what you're doing now yeah, and what your management company is doing with you and trying this new model of how you're distributing your music, how you're going to be releasing stuff, how you're going to be doing things. Um, if you had any advice for major labels, if you could have all the CEOs in one room and they were, and they were going to listen to you, what would you tell them? I tell them there's I I would just you know like if I could like take a, a you know a simplified diagram of where they're putting their money into what artists and 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 just just like smack them across the face and be like <laughs> you don't need to do that like you know like this you know this artist is already established Miley Cyrus is already established you don't have to spend another million dollars you know uh promoting her like they're gonna buy the records because you know because they're gonna find out it's out i mean even on on a small enough scale like like what we're doing now with personnel like there's enough people 
um, that that have heard about personnel from starting line that you know were were already off to a really good start. Um, that you know y- you have to realize that you know if you're trying to establish a band, that's one thing, but y- you got to be smarter about it. You got to be a lot smarter about where you put your money, and they got to just realize that that we're living in a digital age now and they got to adapt to that. You know, they really just have to look at what Radiohead did and be like, wow, why was this so successful? Because you give the people a chance to have it for free, but also give them an opt- option to pay for it. That's brilliant. You know, some people paid a hundred dollars for that record mm-hmm. and, um, you know, th- that's too much of a risk for so many labels to, to try to do something like that. And it's just so, you know, outside of the box for, for, for too many, um, too many label execs that, you know, it's, it's, it's just like you have to wake up and just, and just smell the changes and, and just take a look at, at how things are changing and just think, how can we adapt to this? You know, and it's, and it's, it really does have to do with, with digital, you know, just, and it costs less to, to, to make digital downloads available. I would just, you know, like, I know it's really not the label thing, but you know, somehow we need to get cracking, cracking down on torrent sites. You know, I don't know Mm. how you would go about doing it, but that, you know, well, over in Europe, they're starting to actually shut down. That's, the the services that's the, good the you actual know, internet services yeah I do, I don't back torrents at all I never use them I always pay for music and I think that it's worth paying for you know and um, do you think that's something your fans that fans in general not to say your fans but fans in general don't understand like, yeah what they're impacting yeah because it's so easy to get I mean it's 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 like the option of wh- whether you pay for it or you don't how, and it's all you have to do is just type it into your computer how's it affected you as a musician um you know. I'm sure we've sold less records because of it, um, but I'd say that that's pretty much it. You know, like it's as far as. Uh, but mon- I mean, financially, it's got a hit. Monetarily, maybe a little bit. I mean, it it'll affect me a lot more with this band because it's it's me putting it out, and I'm you know, I I am the bank on this record, so you know. That's how you. Yeah, I mean, right. you're really you really are taking money out of my pocket if you're stealing this record, but you know if it. If if it if it's a label like you know Virgin, you know I hate to say it, but right. you know they're they're going to be okay because they have you know. Well, they were banks. Yeah. And it, so and you just ended up believing them and always owing them money. Yeah. And that's how it ends up. That's the disconnect. It, whereas if you're doing it on your own. Exactly. Like you, you know, said, you are the bank. Yeah. It's your own money. And uh and I just I know not to overspend, and I know that you know you can make a good record for for a reasonable amount of money, um, and. That's that, you know. You you just have to. You have to, you know. Um, you have to, you know, serve it to the public in a way that 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 they're interested in it and they, and they they really want to have it. Like it's a it's a spe- mm-hmm. it's a special thing to have somehow, you know. And like you know, even even vinyl, I think, yeah, is, is such a great. Mm-hmm. Uh, route for for major labels to go, and I'm sure a lot of them wouldn't be hearing that because of you know thinking who who hell who the hell has record players these days. But it's like you know those are going to outlast any of the MP3s or any of the any of the CDs that we have right now because those are you know collectors items, and that's something special. It's like a poster and a CD all in one. You know. Mm-hmm. If, so, if so, so the final question is: if if a fan wanted to help you. With your career, right? What's the number one thing that they could do? If a fan wanted to help us with our career, just buy the record and and you know, 
come to see a show, you know, Th- that's all I can really ask. You know, that's, uh, that's, that's the best fan there is. The person that just, uh, pays for the record and enjoys themselves at the show and sings along, you know, shows their enjoyment. And bring exact change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exact change helps. <laughs> that's what I've come <laughs> to learn. <laughs> I wish you the best of luck with this endeavor. I think this is this is uh, this when bands ask me what the future is, what you're doing is exactly it. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. And um it's it's opportunities like this that is um you know going to really help me continue doing it. So I, I appreciate you having me on. And uh what's they should go to your MySpace page to get a hold of you or Yeah, um we we check it as much as we can. We might not uh be great at it for the next month and a half because we're <laughs> we're out on the road, but but it does get checked. Um, and if you, if you need to get in touch with us, um, immediately all, you know, our booking agent and our management's contact is on the page. It's myspace.com backslash person. Right. So they're going to get all L. these, uh, guest list requests. Thanks to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> our, our five spot list is going to fill up. Five spot. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Best of luck to you. And thank you so much for coming in. Yeah. Thank you, man. AP podcasts are recorded at Lava Room Recording Studio in Cleveland, Ohio a New York City quality studio at Cleveland Prices. Check out www.lavaroomrecording.com. For more information on Alternative Press Magazine, go to www.altpress.com. The podcast engineer is John Walsh. Post-production assistance from Robert Tenzi. I'm Mike Shea, and this is all my fault. You can reach me directly at www.myspace.com slash Mike Shea AP. That's S-H-E-A like the stadium, AP. 